welcome to another episode of Rotten Avocado. I'm your host, Jason Felmore, and as always, and I say this all the time, my wonderful and beautiful co-host, Michelle Hardy. Hi, dear. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I want to give a shout out to uh, to Aubrey. I was just going to say, if you, fan. if you don't shout out to yeah. Aubrey right now, you are going to be... I'll be in big trouble. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to shout out to Aubrey. He is uh, how old? He just turned four. Four years old, and he loves our podcast. Um, I don't know why. Apparently, I, he's into real estate <laughs> at the age of four. <laughs> you wait until he gets... He's going to be a great big mogul <laughs> investor, and he'll just... Oh, probably. He'll be like a millionaire. Yes. Yeah, so he started at four. Yeah. Started at four. Yeah. Well, that's oh, that's okay. awesome. So, shout out to Aubrey. Hopefully, we'll see you again. Yes. Soon. Yes. Tell your dad to hurry up. Yeah. Get back down here. Okay, so I'm excited. Today we're talking to the Reynoldsman again. Oh, sorry. The Tenancy Tribunal. I'm old school. I've called them the Reynoldsman my entire life. And I know a lot of tenants still do, so. <laughs> That's okay. I don't think I call it either. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the second part, sort of like a, a catch-up to a, the first part. We had Jessica on from the Tribunal, mm-hmm. and this is sort of catching up and seeing what's happened now that the new rules have been put in place and what kind of, you know, walls we've hit, what kind of changes, hurdles, uh, hurdles we've run into. And I know there's been quite a bit. Um, I do have to slap myself in the back of the hand. I know that we've done some things that maybe haven't been kosher (laughs) as we try to navigate the rules. Yes. Because that's what it's all about. So we're going to bring Jessica on. She can tell everybody. She can tell us all (laughs) the bad things that us landlords are doing. Hi, Jessica. Hi, how are you? Oh, we're doing great. Beautiful, sunny day here in St. John. Hi, Aubrey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, say hi to Aubrey. Love Aubrey. He's too cute, too. He's super cute. So how's things been, Jessica? Have you been busy? Crazy busy. It has been very busy. And and I mean, naturally, over the summer months, there's vacation and whatnot. But we usually have a little bit of a downturn in the summer months. um, And we we haven't seen that this year. So we've we've certainly been very busy uh, compared to years before. Oh, wow. Now, is a lot of that busyness just because of the new legislation? I think so. I think it's probably a combination of several factors. I think just the housing market as a whole is generating a lot of buzz because a lot of people are facing challenges because of the lack of housing. So it, it, it certainly has an impact on our services. So it's probably a lot having to do with that. And then coupled with the legislative changes, it definitely has had an impact. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's interesting how there's a lack of housing because it wasn't that long ago. Like I could probably say five years ago, there was an excess of housing. Yeah, when it comes to rental properties, looking at the vacancy rate trends, it was trending downward for a consistent 10 years, but it was at close to an 8% about 10 years ago, which was really not uh, a favorable area to be for landlords, that's for sure, because there were a lot of vacant units, Mm -hmm. but we've gone to the other extreme now. Yeah, we have very low vacancy rates in the province, as everyone probably knows. Yeah, I think the last record number I saw was 1.9%. for St. John. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's unheard of. Yeah, that's pretty much province-wide. I mean, it's, uh, I, I mean, we're all over New Brunswick, and, you know, it's hard to find places, and, and affordable places at that, because the market has changed so much. Oh, you get a phone call. Absolutely. Do you want to take that? <laughs> Is it important? Big, de- big real estate deal going down? Oh, there <laughs> we go. 
I maybe, thought I turned it off. Sorry. Maybe I should announce that to do a concert to so please turn your cell phones off. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's off, so we're safe. Yes, I'm going to double check mine now that I've been a smart ass and make sure. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better. <laughs> that would have been embarrassing if mine started ringing. Yeah. Well. So yeah, I mean, housing is is there is a need for it, definitely. Um, and affordable housing. And I've been seeing tents popping up all over St. John and Moncton, uh, which is disheartening yeah, to see that. It happen. certainly is. It's a struggle. I mean, it's, I, I'm very um, encouraged to see a lot of different announcements of initiatives taking place provincially and federally. So thank goodness that it looks like at least it is front and center as a cause for concern and they're looking for solutions. But I think we have a ways to go because, uh, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a perfect storm with COVID and everything coupled together with construction and availability of mar- materials. And, and now this is where we find ourselves. Yeah, because yeah, sure. we're I'm, my office is uptown, well, just around the corner from Wellington Row, and it, that is a low income housing that they're building there, and that's been kind of delayed. I can see they're working along now, but I think they expected to be done by now. So a lot of delays for sure. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Just a I mean, it's impossible to find staff, people that want to work. I don't know mm-hmm. how many times you know you put a few years ago you put ads out, they'd be lying at the door. Now you'd be lucky to get one or two resumes. It's, You're right. It's it's uh it's making things difficult for, for property sure. management. Oh yeah. Do you think that's the issue? <laughs> no, I don't think it's just property management. <laughs> Other industries are suffering. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> So yeah, we wanted. Uh, I'm glad you came back on. So we just want to get a, a quick update of how things have been since the last time we talked. What type of challenges you've run into? What unexpected things have come up that no one really saw coming because of the new rules? Uh, I know it's, we have a list of questions here that uh, we've gotten that we want to go through as well. So I don't know. Did you want to ask a question, Michelle? No, I I'm good with these ones. Oh, you're good but with those ones. As we go through, maybe. But okay, well let's start with the first one since we're all set to go. Um, okay. And this one was asked to me, um, wasn't that long ago, because we had an issue with some damage. So for renovations, um, due to a structure issue, or say flooding or something, unexpected damage, um, do you still need to give the tenants three months notice to leave to so they can fix the damage? So the example I'm thinking of, we had a, a foundation leak. So there's a lot of mold and stuff in a couple of apartments. And for them to do the work, they're going to have to rip everything out, fix the foundation, et cetera. Right. Is it a three-month notice or can it be a quicker notice? Because honestly, probably shouldn't be living in those conditions anyway. So how does right. that uh, play out? Well, the first thing I would refer to is the landlord's obligation. So the way it's stated in the act, just to, to give it more or less verbatim, is that the landlord's required to ensure units are fit for habitation and in a good state of repair. So there is an obligation on behalf of the landlord, on the part of the landlord to ensure that that is the case. It's oftentimes with uh, questions that arise from tenancies, and I find myself wanting to be a very transparent person, um, it's difficult because we can't give concrete, solid answers all the time to the questions, and we tend to shift into, it's on a case-by-case basis, which is not fun for anyone because you want straight answers. But realistically, if there's a situation where uh, a structure is not fit for habitation or is a safety concern, really, anytime you want to be able to terminate a tenancy without providing a three-month notice, your easiest way to proceed would be to actually contact our office and apply for assistance. 
If you make an application for assistance, we do have the ability to terminate a tenancy prior to a three-month window. Right. And so our officers would assess, based on the evidence provided, of course, whether or not there is a safety concern and it is in everyone's best interest to terminate the tenancy prior to a three-month period. So in essence, I guess the answer to that question would be yes. If there are structural issues, safety concerns, and risks for the residents, you can terminate quicker because it would be in the best interest of the residents. Okay. Is there a process for that? Like, Do, do we have to – obviously, if we could talk to the tenant and say, look, we can move you to a different location – um, and then they're willing to do that's fine. But let's say they don't have anywhere to go or they refuse to go. What would the process be for uh, us to resolve it where it is probably going to be unhealthy for them, one, and two, to fix the problem, they couldn't be in the space anyway. Right, yeah. And that's, that's a fair point, Jason. I think the main thing there that I would draw into is the fact that you mentioned we talked to a tenant. So that's important. So. If, if the first point of contact should really happen between the landlord slash property management company to speak to the tenant and come up to an agreement together, which can often be the case, right. and so we would need to get involved. When that doesn't re- lead to a resolution, then you simply apply for assistance. You can do it online, in person at one of our service domestic offices, or by phone by calling the call center. And we would simply be asking for an application for assistance that's pretty well used anytime you're seeking out uh, our assistance on a matter within a tenancy. And so you'd have one of the information agents follow up compiling information and proceeding with an investigation through the residential tenancies officers. Typically what we'd be looking for is just evidence, evidence to uh, be able to confirm the reason that you're looking to terminate the tenancy. And then they'll make an assessment as to whether or not it is, it, it is in a safety concern and the tenants should actually move. Okay. No, that makes sense. And I, and I, I tell a lot of tenants, like myself and, and a lot of our leasing agents, recommend tenant insurance um, because if something Absolutely. like that happens, their insurance will cover any lost items. They'll maybe put them in a hotel during the transit you know, while they're fixing the unit. So uh, always recommend tenant insurance because that solves a lot of those issues. But for tenants that Absolutely. don't have it, you know, then they get into a bit of back and forth and try to figure out what we're going to do. Agreed. And, I mean, we, we have – situations where uh, a building has completely burnt down, for instance. And, you know, these, obviously you can't give three months notice to terminate that tenancy because no. the building is no longer there. So we have to kind of kick it into high gear and find solutions for the residents who are then displaced. Yeah. And I know the Red Cross steps in. Uh, they're usually You're right. the second one after the fire department on the scene uh, to give a exactly. blanket some water and then try to find a place for them to stay for a temporary until they found a per- more permanent place. Yes, thank goodness for their services. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And I've actually had an example of um, both cases where one tenant had insurance and the other tenant didn't have insurance in a building fire. And the one with insurance, their insurance company showed up with an adjuster, got them settled, found a hotel, like did everything for them. Where the other tenant had no help except for the Red Cross. And then we put them in another vacant unit temporarily until... You know, it was all situated, but they pretty much lost all their belongings because of the fire. And they're, without insurance, there's no way to recoup that. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yep. So, yeah, that's good to know. Uh, you want to read the next question, Michelle? <clears throat> uh, yeah, sure. So, uh, some landlords are getting pushback from the RTT call center and getting conflicting answers. Is there a plan to have them more consistent? I'm glad you asked that one. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you asked as well. Uh, the the I feel teleservices. Like I'm set up on that one. Maybe. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. 
The uh, the teleservices agents are actually employees of Service Brunswick, so we are part of the same uh, group. We are in constant contact with them. Um, we do provide training for their employees and visit their location to make sure that they're comfortable in offering our services. They do offer several different services, and um, our particular service is known as being more difficult than others because it, it really hits home. It's close to home because it is dealing with people's homes. And so we remain accessible to them at all times so that we can coach them through difficult situations. What we've done to improve the services being offered by phone is we've actually changed uh, the way that we are are escalating the calls if they're unable to complete them at teleservices. And so when calling a teleservices agent in the past, if they were unable to complete the call because it was too complex, they would send us a message. And then we had the joy of playing a little bit of telephone tag with the caller. Since last summer, we've moved to a direct transfer situation. So teleservices agents, if they're unable to complete the call because it's kind of beyond their expertise, they would actually call our office and transfer the caller directly to one of our employees. So that first point of contact is teleservices, and it should be just the basic entry-level questions. And when you get into a little bit more complicated situations, you're actually speaking to an RTT employee, an employee of the Residential Tenancies uh, Tribunal. Uh, however, having said all that, if it's being brought up as a question, there obviously are some concerns. Um, I would simply ask that if you have specific scenarios that you can share with me so that I can follow up, or if you hear from landlords who are having issues with um, conflicting information, if you want to follow up with me directly, we'll look into that. But generally speaking, those phone calls are monitored for quality, and they should be providing, again, like I say, the entry-level services, um, which are, are pretty basic, and so it shouldn't be conflicting information. Do you know of any particular scenarios or have you encountered something that brought this up or? Um, I have, but I think with, with some of them, it was just more of the tenant calling and giving their side. Oh, um, yeah. And not really giving the whole picture. Absolutely. Um, you know, like they call, can a landlord enter my unit? We're not, you know, without telling me. And of course the answer is, well, no. But the thing they didn't say was, can they enter my unit? if smoke's barreling out my window and, you know, there's an emergency. Yeah. So I find sometimes that that pieces are missing because they're, they're trying to be more of a victim maybe. And that may there work can on the be landlord side too. Yeah, like on both ends. Um, I know one situation where uh, with rent increases, let's say, the new cap, um, a tenant will call and, you know, say that, well, I, you know, want to dispute this and it's been a year or so and then, the person talking to them says, well, you can do it up to two years. But when we're talking to someone, they say, well, it's a year. So we kind of like, well, is it one year or is it two years that they can come back and, and claim that, you know, that overpayment? Like, what is the, you know, we're getting two different answers from two different mm-hmm. people and then we get confused in our end. Mm-hmm. And I, I could see that uh, initially when these changes came into play, there could have been some confusion and it did take some time to understand the new rules. Oh. One thing that we did to try to circumvent that was to actually have any calls relating to rent increases not fielded by uh, the call center at all. So for the period of time, I believe it was from like December through to 
April or May, anytime they were having inquiries about rent increases, even if it was just a basic question, we asked them to just, you know, not put themselves through that. They didn't have uh, the expertise that our team has and to put the call through to one of our agents so that we can help navigate. It also gave us an opportunity to hear from the general public what kind of questions were being asked firsthand and allowed our agents to really develop that ability to explain it clearly to people as people were trying to understand how to navigate these new rules. Um, One of the things I think people underestimate is the amount of information that's available online. Mm -hmm. Our our website has been uh, revamped. It was revamped last December, and we've really uh, made great strides in making it user-friendly, easy to navigate, no legalese, trying to make terms that can be sometimes daunting or complicated, very simplified, so that you know what you're reading and you know what's expected of you as a tenant and as a landlord. So that's certainly an area where people can find answers to the questions as well. Oh, absolutely. We'll put the website link in the description because it is important. I go over there all the time, you know, so to do find I. information. I've uh, actually screenshotted a few things to a few agents. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I did run into an issue with another agent that I talked to quite a bit, and they called and they got the, actually, the, it was about the vacant possession, and they were given misinformation. But that was earlier on. So, mm. you know, I mean, there's a transition period where everybody, you know, you know, I think there was just a little area there as well. Well, so. everyone was trying to interpret it themselves. Yes. And which I found was funny. And no one would ask the right questions to the right people. They were just like, well, I think well, this is what it is, and this should be right, and this is what I'm going to do until they're told differently. Yes, and, and that's interesting that you bring that up. I just actually so happened to have an acquaintance who sent me a message, um, a screenshot of a Facebook post in a case where someone is misinformed about the circumstances of their tenancy with 34 comments trailing through it. So there I'm thinking 34 comments of 34 other people who are being misinformed through social media media platforms, thinking that that person is what they're saying is, is factual when it, that person wasn't aware of certain protections that were available right. to them. So that's unfortunate too. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I will call, I was shopping. I won't say where. And Why? Where were you shopping? I was shopping for back to school stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I was shopping, and, and when I was in the mall, I overheard a conversation, and I didn't want to jump in and say, "Hey, I know you. That's that. You don't know your rights." <laughs> yeah, I think she's some crazy girl, um, which I am. But <laughs> leave that on Facebook for all the thirty-four experts that can comment. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and then right. Again, Facebook's not fun either. So, uh, yeah, I do think there is still some information that the tenants are like, they, I don't think they go to think to look at the website or, you know, the right avenue. They just hear what friends tell them. So. Oh, yeah. No, I they, agree. Yeah. And everyone interprets things their own way. I see it all the time. Well, my so and so said I could do this. Well, no, you can't. But and I always tell yeah. people, if you don't like my answer, call the tribunal, you know. That's tell what them. I tell them, Pete. I, and I gave your number, and I'm sorry, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. And it's interesting that you should use that example because, uh, you know, people talking, you overhear things. Uh, I've been with Service to Brunswick. I'm just looking at the date here. It so happens that it'll be 20 years tomorrow on the second, I think it's my anniversary. And I worked in the service center for many years. And I specifically recall a scenario where I was trying to explain a motor vehicle act. Uh, requirement and the client told me that's not what the guy told me and I said well which guy and he said the guy in the lineup at Subway oh, and I guy. thought I yeah so I thought well information from him yeah let's not rely on the guy in the lineup at yeah. Subway the Subway guy that's awesome yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, well, congratulations for 20 years. That's pretty impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Wow, I'm 20 years of this. <laughs> That's a lot of time to listen to people complaining. It is, yeah. but hey, it's public service, and it, it's what I enjoy doing, and people complain about how things happen and don't happen. I try to actually get in there and get my hands dirty and make a difference. Oh, no, that's great. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been doing this for 17 years now. Yeah, you're wow. 17. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of in the middle of all of it <laughs> between the tenants yeah. and the owners and the tribunal. So I get yeah. tossed around a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting place to be in. It is. It is because you got to, you have two, like with me, is I have two client bases. I have the owners and I have the tenants. Right. And I constantly have to find that happy medium. So, you know, trying to get there can be difficult sometimes when you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, they didn't pay rent, but they're a nice family. But, you know, the owner's like, well, you got to kick them out because I need the income. It's like, well, I don't, (laughs) I don't like doing that. But yeah, yeah, you're the middleman. Can be a bad place to be sometimes. And sometimes it's a good place. Yeah. So well, you've been doing it 17 years, so you must get some type of satisfaction out I, of it. I That's do great. love it. I like the the going into work, and it's every day is different. Nothing's right. the same. Um, and new challenges come. I love solving problems, so I like the new challenges and new issues that come up. And um, what, what are you doing with your head over there? <laughs> Rolling your eyes. And, it's yep. the Jason show. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Did I take over the conversation again? Wow. Jessica, don't let him do that. <laughs> Stay on oh, don't Jason. worry. If I want to pipe in, I'll pipe in. <laughs> I'm anyway, not shy. where was I? Me, 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 me. <laughs> I guess we'll move on from there. Michelle <laughs> heard it once too many. Oh, listen. <laughs> this you morning. Have... I like how you changed my issue into your issue. <laughs> I was concerned about something. He's like, well, you know, when I did, and I did this and this and this and this, I'm like, that isn't even, even close to what I'm talking about, first of all, <laughs> for all the husbands yes, and wives so out there. You can see why I like Conan. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all That's right, moving, moving on. All right, this, I like this question here. So has there been any situations that have come up since the new rules took effect that were unforeseen or a surprise? Yes. Um, it's difficult to give really specific examples of situations. I can kind of give more of like a holistic yeah. impression, something that that we were, I guess, expecting, but that more of was um, the creativity behind how to get around the new rules. And while we had, we did a lot of work digging into trying to figure out and um, uh, prevent any loopholes and make sure that everything was very clear and that we've taken all things into consideration, it was taken to a next level um, with, unfortunately, I think it may have been with misinformation. I'll give you an example. There was a, I mean, it's, it's publicly available through the media. So there was a media outlet that reported on an organization, and I believe it was a group of involved in real estate so maybe some of your listeners and um they were talking about the new rules and they were the video uh on youtube you may have seen it okay i'm so glad Um, i missed that meeting that day (laughs) i'm glad you did too uh yeah (laughs) what was interesting was not just the meeting and but it was the content and the messaging and it was unfortunate because it was a great opportunity to clarify to a large audience Mm -hmm. who was involved in your in this industry of what is expected and what now should be done and some really basic 
uh, information about the new legislation was completely wrong. And so it was a missed opportunity. So all I would say is in those scenarios, if you're part of an organization or an association that's working within this industry and you want to make sure that all your uh, members are clear on some changes that are coming into place, give us a call. We'll go. And we'll deliver the message. And that way we know for sure that the message that's being delivered is accurate information. And I think we've talked about this before, Jason, where landlords do not want to do wrong. They are at times putting, interpreting uh, the act based on what they've heard. Mm -hmm. And so they're thinking, well, of course, this is what Buddy told me and this is how we're supposed to do it. When it's really not the case. And that's what's unfortunate because that's very frustrating. You want to be an honest, good landlord. And here you are following a procedure that's wrong all along because you've been misinformed. And and I know of a case that it's ongoing right now, so I won't get too deep into details, but um, the new legislation came in and they, there was attempt to, okay, so if we do this, then maybe we can, you know, not have that rent increase be so low if we get them to do this thing. I'm right. Trying to be as vague as I can because it is an ongoing yeah. thing. But, and I think you know where I'm talking. Um, so basically it come down to that, you know, we're going to have to reimburse the money to the tenants over the period of time. Now, this particular owner, when they bought the building last year, part of the sale was that the rents had to be increased. So the old landlord did the rent increases. So when she purchased the building and it closed, those were put into effect to go. And then a month later, they changed the legislation, which was kind of like, oh, my God, now my building's upside down and the rents don't cover the mortgage. So yeah. we're in a situation here. It's like, okay, so what can we do within the laws to mm. compensate that loss of income? Right. And it's not because we want to, you know, go after the tenants and get that money. It's like, well, I can't pay the mortgage and the bills if I don't mm. make this much money. So we, right. then you start getting creative. Well, can we increase the laundry? Is parking something we can charge? What if we get some vending machines? You know, you try to find other ways to get revenue. And I know right. in this particular case, I've been reaching out to one of the tribunal agents and talking almost on a daily basis and just saying, oh, is this okay? Is this okay? Mm-hmm. That way, you know, when it comes out, one, it's less work for me if we do something wrong and I've got to go back and we get into a, you know, back and forth because the tenants mm-hmm. are upset. And mm-hmm. it kind of eliminates that. And I know there will be things that will be done that will come back. And I have to prepare for that because the owner right. is losing basically their shirt and they're trying to, they're desperately trying to do things and hoping that they're doing it to win the law because they do want to do the right thing, but they right. don't want to lose their investment. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough position to be it in. Is. Yeah, it is. And, and I know mm-hmm. like, with the tribunal, it's like, well, in, in a lot of places, look, we're not here. We're not investing people. We're just here to, you know, to enforce the laws. And I right. get that. That's great. And yeah. I'm here to enforce those laws and make them work best for my client and their situation right. and the tenants right. and, te- and the tenants ultimately because at the end of the day if she can't pay her bills then the building goes for sale or the bank seizes it or or there'll be less services or things will happen to try to recoup that cost so that's not fair to right. the tenants either so it's yeah, an interesting, it's, interesting situation yeah. it's difficult as well in in certain circumstances where owners may have properties in more than one province and that can really make things even more challenging because the acts within the provinces are not the same. 
No. So you're applying rules that you know very well from a neighboring province when in fact that's not at all how we do it in our province. So that's an added uh, strain if you operate properties in more than one province. And I've, I've encountered that um, where, you know, they, they basically are quoting a law and it's, they're just referring to the law in their home province or a province that they have a property in. And um, that's not the case. And there, there are a lot of similarities within the Act from province to province, but there are some pretty, pretty outstanding um, differences as well. We do actually speak with jurisdictions on a regular basis uh, to understand how they operate and how they administer their acts because in the end we want to make sure that if we do implement changes that if someone else is doing it similarly in other province let's learn from their mistakes instead of going down that same road so we do have those relationships with other jurisdictions. I've actually I'm glad you speak about that because I actually started and about a year ago when I have a new client looking investing in New Brunswick I send them a link to your website just because they have the the rules and the act that they can actually look up I mean obviously there's going to be questions as they go through and you know I can guide them a little bit or who to talk to or where but at the end of the day I mean it it is different it really is and there are some very very big ones (laughs) Right. And sometimes the things that are difficult to accept in how we do it in New Brunswick is because you may have come from another province where it's done so differently that you feel like that's the right way. Yeah. Uh, again, referring back to Service New Brunswick as a whole, having worked at the service center level for a portion of my career, there were often times where people would move into from another province and were, were appalled they needed two plates. And then there became the plate debate, but we only have one plate here, but there's two plates here. So there's definitely some differences with provinces that uh, people have to get used to when they, they, they deal with New Brunswick. Yes, and, and, and I think the savvy investors have already looked into that. It's it's I find it's more of the newbies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, and it's mm-hmm. a good thing to call out too. I mean, I know there's a I have a little checklist of items that are really different in New Brunswick, and 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 our rental act is one of them. <laughs> Absolutely, and I mean, just the security deposit collection is unique uh, in Canada, yeah. and that's certainly something that people need to be made aware of because otherwise they may be withholding security deposits, not realizing that they have an obligation to remit them. So that that's just one example that can be significantly different. If ever you encounter clients or, or people that are in the business or the industry that are new to our area, we're more than happy to meet with individuals or organizations to provide presentations, just to kind of get them off on the right foot. So by all means, do offer that up if you come across these situations. Oh, absolutely. That would be really good. I, and, and it would help. It does help for sure. Yeah. Yes. Um, was another question. I asked the last one that you set me up for. Did I? <laughs> okay. Here we are. Uh, rent increases. All right. So the 3.8% rent cap, has there been any talk about extending it into the new year? I would say I'm asked this question on a daily basis, if not more than on a daily basis. And I can honestly say I don't know any better than anyone else does. Uh, we don't make these decisions at the Residential Tenancy Tribunal. Now, of course, uh, I will not deny that we have a seat at the table, as I always say. In other words, they do seek out our information from us because we are in the industry and we hear from both parties, tenants and landlords. Um, but the way that we operate is we're really not a decision maker. The politicians do that. They, they, they get to kind of uh, go about figuring out what needs to be done in order to improve the housing situation in New Brunswick. 
I, I'm encouraged, as I mentioned earlier, that there is a, there are a lot of initiatives uh, that are being talked about from a provincial and federal level when it comes to improving housing. But as to, in terms of whether or not the rent cap will be in place next year, all I can say is that today in the office, we just operate as it's written in the legislation, which is it's expiring at the end of the year. We really, it, it would be great to, to be able to predict the future, but unfortunately, we don't, we don't really know. Okay, well, I mean, that's fair. And they'll probably look at it next year because I think it ends the end of this year, and then they'll probably revisit it and see if it needs to be put in or adjusted. I would suspect that the retroactive concept of the way it was implemented this year will not be repeated again. So that's one area that has been a pain point for all parties involved. That so was we the certainly biggest, did vote yeah, about that. That was the biggest pain point, I think, for all of mm-hmm. our clients was that the retroactive. And the example I gave earlier, I mean, if there was no retroactive, she would have been fine. But because it backdated it, all of a yeah. sudden that whole reason for the rent increase to get the mortgage was like you just pulled the rug out from underneath me. So yeah. I could see how it was very upsetting in those situations. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you already went over this one. What is the website, landlords, PMs, and tenants to get more information if they have more questions? So it's snd.ca backslash irent. And for anyone who wants to navigate the French site, it is snd.ca backslash gelou. And um, if you forget the website address, really the easiest way is just doing a simple Google search, renting in New Brunswick should bring you to our page. And there's, our contact information is there. You're able to submit applications through the online platform. I highly recommend using the online submission if at all possible uh, because it's received uh, instantaneously. So if you're electronically submitting an application or the return of a security deposit, you have the uh, luxury of having that application within our office within seconds. So it certainly is it's, it's more efficient than doing a paper form that then needs to be data entered, et cetera, et cetera. Not to say that if you don't have access to the website and you need to go in person to the service center, that is certainly an option as well. No, and I encourage any of our listeners uh, that have properties here to reach out to Service New Brunswick uh, if they have questions uh, because they're yeah. usually they're very friendly, they're very knowledgeable, and it's best to hear, you know, right from them before you start making a decision that may may backfire. I know it's been, I send questions to you all the time (laughs) and Paul Stevens. And I, and of course I talk to the tribunal uh, daily, you know, on certain issues. So uh, I've been trying to, you know, work well with them and then just do the right things. Yeah. And and I mean, the the residential tenancies team in general, uh, as you mentioned, very kind, very easy to deal with, very passionate about what they do. Unfortunately, where your mediation services, you always have, they always side for the landlords, they always side for the tenants. We hear that on a regular basis. Yep. I mean, if that were the case, we'd have a problem and we would be challenged from a, a legal standpoint. It's certainly not the case. We're, we're not pro-landlord, we're not pro-tenant, we're just pro-relationship within tenancies. It all we comes down to parties. the decision. You know, <laughs> who, who won the decision? Then they're like, oh, they're pro-landlord, oh, they're pro-tenant. <laughs> if you get, don't get your way. I didn't you get what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you hear that with driver examiner services. The driver examiner just fails people all the time, but yet people get their license all the time. I you hear that from the people who fail. <laughs> I don't know how they do bad, or, or I, I just don't. 
Yeah, we have a lot of drivers here sometimes, so they're kind of curious how they got their license. I got mine out of yeah. a Cracker Jack box. Yeah, Jason's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Jessica, is there anything you want to mention now that we have been working with these new rules for a few months now? I think we've actually, with kind of our sidebar, sidebar conversations, I think we've covered what I wanted to have covered today. Um, again, the best thing is it's important to go to the source for accurate information. Don't use social media comments as, uh, you know, the gospel. That's not always accurate. And you may be misled to think that you're not protected when you are, which is unfortunate. Entering into a tenancy, it's so very important to understand your rights and your protections, whether you're a landlord or a tenant. And so that makes it better for everybody involved. The only other thing um, I would say is, you know, while real estate investment in, in, in uh, revenue properties, it means that you are in a financial uh, business. The, the bottom line being, if you're in the rental business, you're in the rental business and you are renting to people. So people can't be removed from the equation. The, the people are involved. If it's a business that you've chosen to go into, there's going to be a people aspect of it. And it's just important that we keep in mind uh, in the end that there are people involved in all of these circumstances. So there's no bad landlord list. There's no good, good uh, bad tenants list within our offices. We treat everybody equally, and we just want everybody in the end to have a healthy relationship within their tenancies. And I think the act is well written that way to set people up to succeed. Oftentimes, again, it's the lack of knowing, the lack of understanding, and understanding your rights that causes problems. So wherever we can help, I suggest, again, people reach out to us. We're happy to do presentations to organizations, associations, anyone who's within the industry, just to make sure that everybody understands what the expectations are. Oh, very good. I mean, that's what it's for. And you're right. I mean, tenants, the, the people aspect can't be ignored because if you've got a building with no people, you have no revenue. So right. you want to keep the people with the money happy so they pay yeah. their rent. So I think that a lot of landlords need to realize that, that people are the one of the biggest factors of a rental property. Yeah. Right. They're and not a commodity. We're yeah. all in the um, the job of providing homes for people. And at the end of the day, we all want to have a home. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it is. Absolutely. So, again, mm -hmm. I encourage people call the Tenancy Tribunal if you have questions. Or if you're in Lion's Subway, ask the guy there. Yeah, he's just—he's a—he's an expert as well, apparently. So that's great. Thank you again, Jessica, for coming on uh, the show. Um, My pleasure, Jason. Can I just throw in the telephone number? Make sure because I'm keep telling people to call us, but I haven't given a phone oh, number. Oh, sure. Yeah, that, that would <laughs> okay, help. Okay, thank you. Uh, it's it's one eight 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 seven six two eight six zero zero, and we can be reached by email as well by uh, emailing I rent at snb.ca or in French it would be jaloux at snb.ca so you can reach us by email or by calling us if you have issues that you need to have dealt with um, really promptly and you have an ongoing issue complete an application for assistance and one of our agents will give you a call and uh, find out the information and all the details and we'll go from there awesome thank you yes write that number down folks <laughs> it's very important well, again, thanks for coming on, Jessica. It's been awesome as always to talk to you. I always look forward to talking to you, and I'm sure I'm going to talk to you many, many more times uh, in the future because our jobs always seem to meet. <laughs> That's right. You know where to find me. Yep, exactly. Okay, well, thanks for being on the show, and I guess we will talk again. 
Thank Thanks you. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Have a great Have a day. day. Bye. Bye now. Rotten Avocado is brought to you by Jazzy Monkey Studios. Can be listened to on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you hear your podcasts.